Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hello, hello. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I'm Natalie Cry, your host. I'm here today with our very special guest, Miss Laura Risher. How are you? Hi, Natalie. Thanks for having me. I'm great. Yeah, good. So, Laura, you are a certified hypnotherapist, regression therapist, second degree Ushui Reiki. I saw all that. And then you do yes. women's retreats and workshops and life coaching, all kinds of stuff. Yes, I have a practice in Seattle as well as online. And I use all of those modalities to work with different customers for different reasons. So tell us a little bit about your background. Like, how did you get into this? I'm sure you live in Seattle. You just said that, right? Yep, that's correct. I was born and raised in Seattle. In about my mid-20s, I moved down to Phoenix, Arizona. I had a corporate job at the time. I worked in the in telecom and then in insurance, so very different fields than what I do today. Mm-hmm. And there got to be a point in my career where I was just feeling very unsatisfied. I wasn't enjoying the work that I was doing. And there was a school in Tempe, Arizona, close to where I was living, that offered classes in all of these different modalities. And I myself had seen a hypnotherapist and a life coach as a client. Um, and I thought that it would be really fun to learn more about these things. And so I started going to this school. It's called the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. I mean, I just love, I just took it all in. I took all of their classes, all of their coaching classes, their hypnotherapy classes, really just for my own personal development. I didn't really, at that time, think it was a path for a career. Mm-hmm. But eventually, some things in my life changed, and I decided to move back to Seattle, where I'm from, and open a practice that was in 2011, and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. So how does it feel? It's very transformative to see people going through all of these different healing techniques, right? And processes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I'm also right now completing my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. And I have, I think counseling is also a very useful modality, but I love working with hypnosis because you see really quick transformation with people that they can make a significant shift in just a couple of sessions. So it is really cool. Okay. So yeah, I know that all of them are very effective, but I'm glad you brought that one up because I had mentioned it to you. I was very interested in hypnosis. And you know, when I told a couple of my friends, I was interviewing you and what you did and all that the the first thing is oh my god how do you get hypnotized how does that happen there's always I find that some people are curious and then there's a mix of curiosity excitement and also being scared about it or not really knowing you know so I, I would love for you if you don't mind like give us a kind of a background of what is it why is it good what does it do and maybe give us a couple of examples Yeah, definitely. So I think a lot of times people have misconceptions about what hypnosis is and how it is used in therapy. So a lot of that information comes from from media, maybe seen movies where it's portrayed as, you know, someone having mind control over you or just being so out of it, you don't even know what you're doing. Or also because people see different stage shows that will show hypnosis as entertainment. So those are some of the ideas that create misconceptions for people. So what hypnosis is, is also called the state 
state of being in a trance. And we actually go in and out of different trance states on our own all the time. So if you can find yourself going into a daydream where you're so focused on it that you kind of forget what's going on around you, that's you putting yourself in a trance. So it's a normal thing that we we go in and out of on our own. And the benefit of using it in a therapy session, getting into that really relaxed state of heightened focus, is it allows the client to access a deeper level of information. So the intention in a hypnotherapy session is that we're going to help the client access the subconscious mind. And so there's two parts of the mind. There's the conscious awareness, and that's the stuff that we already know, we're already thinking about. We have awareness about these aspects of our lives. And then we have the subconscious mind. And the subconscious holds everything else. So every thought, experience, memory you have is stored in your subconscious mind. However, you might not be aware of it. They might be memories you don't remember. And the only reason that it's important to explore the subconscious mind is that even though you don't remember some of that information, it may still be influencing your behavior. So by bringing that information into the conscious awareness through the process of hypnosis, helping the client explore that deeper level of information, that can often help them have a deeper understanding of their motives and behaviors. And because of that, really be able to shift things pretty quickly. Yeah. So it's almost like in a way, removing some veils, right? Getting a little deeper and deeper and just kind of accessing this space that maybe when we are more in a state of relaxation, we are, we have less fear to allow things that have hurt us in the past or scared us to come forth or whether it's a trauma, you know, to come forth into the surface and then perhaps like talk to somebody about it or even feel, I feel feel like sometimes like we don't even know, you know, the source or the root of some causes. Oh, I think that's absolutely true. I always tell clients a story from my life that's just a silly story, but I had decided I was going to take my lunch to work, that it was healthier and it was better for my budget. There's all these good reasons to do it. And then I would just buy food on Sunday and then throw it away and I never made a lunch. So after doing this for about three weeks, I was visiting my therapist and I said, you know, I want to explore why I'm so blocked in taking lunch. It's really not a difficult thing. I just, you know, put food in a bag and go. It's not hard. And what we found in my session was this memory of me as a child. I was probably seven or eight years old and my mom would make my lunch and they always wanted to feed me really healthy foods, which was great, except I didn't like any of that food. So I would just go to school and throw my lunch away. (laughs) You know, I wanted Doritos and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they were giving me things like, you know, healthy food. So it was kind of in exploring that, what we landed on was that I had this unconscious connection. If I bring my food with me, it's not going to be good. And so I just, I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't remember that memory, but it was still influencing this resistance I had to just taking my lunch to work. So that's just a silly example. And I work Mm -hmm. with people on much deeper issues, but that's just, you know, that, that exemplifies how that can work where there's this, all this old information that could be influencing us in really negative ways in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we're not even aware of, of why or what the memory is. So how long is a session? You know, it's it depends on the practitioner that you work with. When I work with a with a client, I work with them for ninety minutes, and so the first part of the session is a little bit of talking and coaching, and then the actual hypnosis usually lasts about an hour, and then we wrap up and talk a little bit about what we discovered after. Mm-hmm. So during the process, I'm sure you have some techniques that you guide them through so that they can go into different states of mind and awareness. <laughs> 
Yes. So we start with breathing exercises and guided visualization and different exercises to get them into that relaxed place. And then from there, once they're relaxed, I'm basically doing a little bit of of talk therapy with them, guiding them through different visualizations to help them go inward and access their own memories and information. So I'm not necessarily suggesting anything to them. I think that's another misconception about hypnosis that the therapist is going to tell you what to do and you will do it. We all have free will. You don't want anyone to override your free will. So what I'm doing more is helping the client identify what their obstacles are and discovering what they need to do to release those instead of telling them how to change their behavior. Yeah, it sounds like it's it could be a real fast route, you know, to get into things that you really want to release, let go, and transform. It definitely is, and it depends. Everyone is in a different place. So some for somebody who's already in a good, stable place and is looking to make changes in their life, it's a really fast-acting therapy. For other clients who have really significant trauma that maybe hasn't been processed, it might not be the best place to start. You might want to start with more traditional counseling if you're really symptomatic. Sometimes people who have severe PTSD, this wouldn't be a good treatment for them because it's they haven't they haven't gotten to a place where they're comfortable closing their eyes and going back to those memories. So for the right client, yes, it is very powerful. And overall, it's a very powerful therapy, but you have to be in the right place for it. And so what is regression therapy? So the regression just means going backward in time and looking at past memories. So you can do regression therapy where you're going backward in this in this current lifetime and looking at memories from prior years back to childhood and being a young child. And there's also a type of hypnosis that I practice called past life regression therapy, which works with the idea that our consciousness has experienced many different incarnations in many different lifetimes, and that all of that information is stored in the subconscious, but that it's not accessible to us in our waking state. And so through the process of past life regression, we can go explore back and explore the subconscious to find past life memories. So there's a couple ways of looking at that type of therapy. Some clients are curious about it, but don't necessarily believe in past lives. I personally do. But even if you don't, it can be a beneficial therapy because it's it gives you a way to look at a problem you're experiencing in your current life and play it out on a separate storyline, basically. And in doing that, you can see it from a different perspective. So if that's a little too woo-woo or out there for you, that you, it still is a valuable type of therapy. Yeah, I mean, you know, my background is yoga. So in yoga, we we believe in past lives as well. I would imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. that would be just, you know, common stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot that you can clear, you know, that sometimes, again, we were talking about not even knowing from this life and then imagine other lives, you know, but I've also heard stories of people who through hypnotherapy and, and through other modalities as well, you know, got acquainted with their past lives and actually found out about a, a lot of stuff that had happened to them and why is this is still happening now in this life in some shape or form, you know, which is so fascinating. <laughs> it really is a great tool. I'm in Seattle, so we have a lot of people who, you know, work in tech and are more of those analytical, logical-minded people. And I have still worked with some of those clients who were kind of like, I don't even know if I believe in this, but it's I want to try it out, who had really interesting experiences where they were able to go back and maybe make sense of relationships that they just couldn't make sense of in this lifetime or behaviors or fears that 
that they had, that they just weren't able to to see why they were dealing with those things in this current life, that there was no, you know, childhood trauma or grief or anything that would have prompted some of these responses. And so, the, the experience of being able to go back and look at that information and again, bringing that knowledge into your conscious awareness, it allows you to do the work to heal it. Yeah, that sounds lovely. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> yeah, For me, it is. it's lovely. I would love to experience that. I'm sure some people, you know, might might feel uh, again like a no fear of the unknown or oh, this is just mysterious. You know, it's kind of interesting. So, are there many different types of hypnotherapy out there, or is it kind of all very right? Because when you say yoga, for example, there's so many different styles of yoga, you know? Yes, and there's so many different styles of hypnotherapy, and a lot of therapists who are trained in maybe a specific theoretical orientation can use hypnosis and at the same time use whatever their counseling style or, or whatever other modality they're using and, and kind of weave them together. So, I would say that there's many types of hypnotherapy. The two main differences I could point out, though, is sometimes the hypnosis that is sold is kind of like quit smoking hypnotherapy or weight loss hypnotherapy is what's called suggestion hypnosis, where you just get really relaxed and then the therapist is talking the entire time. A lot of times in those sessions, you don't even engage with the therapist and they are making suggestions to you about changing your behavior. I don't practice that type of therapy. I think that it can be effective in the short term, but that it doesn't get to the root of the problem, that you really need the input of the client Mm -hmm. to find out what's going on with them to get to the root of whatever the issue is. So the type of hypnosis that I practice is called client-centered hypnotherapy, and it kind of uses a combination of different therapeutic techniques. There's some cognitive behavioral therapy techniques woven into it and gestalt therapy and parts therapy and some different things if you're familiar with any of that stuff. But it really engages the client. The first reason I really like this type of hypnosis is that they are partnering with you. They're an active participant in their therapy, which getting their feedback, I think, is crucial to guiding them. And then the other reason that I like this type of therapy is that it it focuses on, so a client could come to me, for example, and say, oh, I want to work on losing weight. So we could set the intention of losing weight and we start the session that way. But then the subconscious mind might guide us somewhere completely different to a topic around a relationship or spirituality. And with this technique, we're just following where the subconscious mind takes us. So we don't get really stuck in one idea because your subconscious mind is going to show you what's relevant for you to look at. And so we want to honor that and, and follow that direction. So that's kind of my theory. But and I'm sure there's many like yoga. I'm sure there's many hundreds of different ways that people do people do fall asleep sometimes or do you try if they do, do you wake them up? Is that part of it to remain sort of in that dream state? Yes. And so people do fall asleep sometimes and I will let them just get to that very relaxed place. And I think that there's some benefit in that, but I will eventually redirect them back to the conversation that we're having and to focus back on whatever it is that we're working on. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to go into as deep of a level of trance as if they were working with like a suggestion therapist where they didn't interact with the therapist during the process. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I teach a, a style of yoga called yoga nidra and a lot of times I bring people through different points of awareness in their body and then sometimes through different scripts 
And I really notice and feel that they drop. And this is the purpose of this is really relaxation and also mm-hmm. letting go of things. There is not the aspect of the coaching as you do, but it really gets people to drop into, you know, very deep layers of relaxation. Yes. And when they fall asleep, we touch people's feet and to wake them up so that the purpose is to remain calm, relaxed, but to not sleep. But yeah, of course, sometimes I have people going in and out of that sleep state. That's why I was asking you that question. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that, and what you're describing sounds very much like what I do in hypnosis is getting in them into that deep, relaxed place, but just still aware enough before they're completely asleep so that they can get to that deeper level of consciousness and process some information and still remember everything that they've experienced. Yeah. And because you deal with so, like you have so many things going on, the coaching and all the other stuff, the masters that you're doing, do you keep those sessions sort of separate or are your sessions sort of integrate all the different modalities that you do? How do you work like nowadays? I would say for the most part, they integrate all of the modalities that I do. I do have some clients, like I said, for some of this kind of work, there does need to be a foundation. And so for clients who have maybe an extensive history of trauma or they have a clinical diagnosis, we would probably not start with these modalities because I think sometimes they can be scary for people if they're not prepared and haven't really done the work to have enough self-awareness about what's going on to be able to explore things on a deeper level. But overall, I would say I typically work using all of these modalities. Yeah. And someone comes for you for a series of sessions. How do you work with that? Do you need a commitment? Is it just a one-time thing? I mean, I'm assuming is a few sessions, right? Depending on what's going on. Yes. When I take on a client, I don't do individual sessions because I want to have some time to work with them and really help them transform. And while it's an a-, a fast acting therapy, hypnosis is a really fast acting therapy. I don't think one, you, one is usually just giving us like opening the door to where we're trying to go next. Mm-hmm. So I work with someone for a minimum of six sessions. I would say a lot of my clients, and this is for the in office work I do. I also do some online programs that are a little different than this. But after six sessions, I would say about 75% of my clients have really address the issue that they came in to address and have made a significant shift. And we may not work together after that point, or we may at a later date for a different reason. And then for my clients who need more support than that, then at that time we determine what kind what would be helpful for them ongoing. Some clients have a lot of stuff going on or making a lot of major life changes all at once, and they're going to need a little more ongoing support. Yeah, support and healing techniques, you know, because yeah. that that's also something that you can provide to them that you are an expert in and that and having that guidance and supporting those techniques to heal all of those different aspects. I think if you can do that, it's a great thing. You know, it's always wonderful if you're able to do that for yourself. It's a huge gift. I agree 100%. I mean, even though I do this for work and I've done this for a long time, I still see a therapist. I think we also have blinders on in our own lives. It's sometimes when you work in healing work, it's very easy to see how you can help someone else. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you may not see what's going on in your own life. So I am committed to doing my own therapy as well. So I think it can be very powerful. I wanted to ask you also about the life coaching that you do. Why do you think life coaching is so important and so efficient? So with coaching, I landed on coaching many years ago as a client. And again, I did all of these things as a client before I became a (laughs) practitioner. But 
What I really liked about coaching is that I had become frustrated with counseling and re kind of reflecting on what had happened in the past and in my childhood. And I felt kind of stuck in that. I didn't, I didn't think that there was any more information for me to look at there. And so when I connected with a coach, what I really enjoyed about that process is that it's very goal oriented and forward moving. So in coaching, the premise is, is that the client has all of the answers within them and they just have some blocks in place that are, are are keeping them from accessing their own inner wisdom. And as the coach, I'm helping them peel away those layers to find their own answers. I'm not telling them what to do. And I'm also trying to help them address the obstacles that come up as they attempt to move forward in their life. But there's not a lot of going into the past. We might touch on the past a little bit, just where it's relevant, but it's more about moving forward. And counseling is not always about that. Sometimes it can be about just gaining deeper self-awareness and making sense of the past and how it's impacted us today, but it's it may, it may not be goal-oriented. And that's not true about all counseling, but that's just kind of the, the difference between the two that I see. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that's, um, that's a really good, great way to explain it. I myself have tried both as well, and I feel the exact same way as you. And as a life coach myself as well, that's kind of what I'm much more or uh, focus on, okay, so what are we going to do? What are the steps? What are the tools? What are the goals? And and just kind of keeping track of that moving forward. So that that's one, that's why it attracted me to this field. So I love how you describe that. It's really. And where cool. did you find the best results for yourself in, in exploring those two counseling and coaching? In life coaching. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even though as you, we, you know, it sounds like we both also very interested in, in childhood stuff and past, even past lives. And our it's not that our your past doesn't matter. Of course, there's a place for that. But right now we're here and we're now. And so it's like, okay, this happened. What, what do we do with it? How do we move forward? And how can we get where we need to get very effectively? And that's what I liked about that, you know? I absolutely agree. Once I had the information, I didn't want to dwell there anymore. I wanted to just keep Mm -hmm. some forward momentum going. But like you said, there's a great benefit in in processing what has happened in the past. And sometimes we're not even in a place where we're ready to move forward, that we do need to really become more aware of how the past is impacting us and and heal from that. So, you know, it just depends at what point you're at in your life. But yeah, if you're ready to move forward, coaching, I think is definitely the way to go. Yeah. And then bringing the awareness is so important, you know, because and like you said, sometimes you just have to kind of stay there in that awareness moment for however much time you need. So it feels organic because I am all about an organic growth too. Otherwise it's just not sustainable, you know? Yeah. Sometimes if you try to push yourself too fast and try to kind of bypass some of the experiences or some, or process some of the information that needs to be processed, that will actually even get you more stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know I've experienced that as well. So this is an online podcast and there's going to be people listening to you from all over. So let me just put it out there that if you are in Seattle, you can, of course, go see you in person, right? Yep. Yep. I'm (laughs) in Seattle. Yeah. And if you're like anywhere in the planet or anywhere in the United States else, what are the offerings that we can take advantage from you? 
So right now I have an online program that is very specific to women who are dating and are single at a point in their lives when they didn't expect to be single. So maybe somebody who has experienced a divorce or the end of a significant relationship. Maybe they have been out of the dating world for many years, or maybe they just really haven't connected with the right relationship and they didn't anticipate at this point in their life that's where they would be. And the reason that I developed this program is because I saw with my clients, my in-person clients, I primarily work with women. I do work with some men, but my practice is mostly female clients. And I just saw what a difficult time women were having connecting with the right relationship. And I was very much aware of this in my own clients because it was also my life experience. I got divorced when I was 35. I was single for about five years. I did online dating and dating, which is something I had never done before. I hadn't you know, been single how, since. How old were you when you get to, got divorced? I'm sorry. I was 35. 35. Okay. Yeah. I was born in the seventies. So I had missed online dating. That was totally foreign to me. And it was really, it was really a struggle for a couple of reasons. One, I had not, I didn't really want to process my divorce. I just wanted to skip past the grief of that and just jump right into something new, which like we just mentioned, sometimes will get you even more stuck. And that's what happened to me. And then just not really knowing what I was even looking for. I was kind of like, I hadn't really thought about what the right partner would be for me. I knew I wanted a partner, but I hadn't really thought through what that would look like or who that person would be. I just kind of thought it would just happen. And, you know, after getting divorced, I realized that that wasn't necessarily without getting into a relationship without intention had not really served me that well. So that's the online program I'm offering right now. uh, Let me just stop one second. So I just want to share with you that I love that subject. It's something that I work with a lot as well individually. I am also seeing that theme coming up a lot in the community and I've experienced it as well myself and it's challenging you know the dating world out there today is challenging I also think that this transition between the non-online stuff and all of a sudden the online and Mm -hmm. how you have to be so mindful because people can be become disposable and we're not and then Mm -hmm. you know the questions are what is it that you want and how are you going to approach that and how are people dealing with that so having this kind of program it's such a service that you're doing for the world so that's awesome well, thank you. I, you know, I wish I would have known about a program like this, and I'm sure it existed when I was dating, though, because I made a lot of mistakes. I had a lot of false assumptions. I think that I allowed a lot of behaviors or people to act in a certain way that was probably not acceptable, at least not to me. And I just didn't know. I was just kind of like, wow, maybe this is what people do now when they date. Yeah. So that's yeah, what the, I want to yeah, help world people with. The is like very different. That's what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say, too. It's very different nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to navigate something when it's not something that it's been there before things are changing expectations are changing everything is changing and I think that when a woman finds herself and again I'm sure there's some men included in this too but sounds like both you and I mostly work with women but it can happen for guys too and that you just don't know you know how to navigate this or where to go how to react to a certain situation is it okay to demand something or not is it okay where is where are the boundaries how do we set boundaries and foremost loving yourself and having that creating that kind of self-love and respect with yourself so that you can go out there and so I would love if you don't mind to tell us some about your program and what are some of the 
you know, steps or pillars or something that you walk people through? So the premise is everything that you just said. You know, I find when people are having negative experiences dating, and it is a, it's a, a more difficult world to navigate, especially if you've never, you know, if you're in your 40s or 50s and you've never experienced online dating and things like that. But I think even that being true, the truth is when you're having a hard time, there's something going on within you that needs to be addressed. And so usually the core of that that I see in people is they the relationship that they're having with themselves is out of alignment in some sort of way. And sometimes they're even completely aware of that. You know, I remember when my when I would see a therapist and talk about my frustrations with dating and she'd talk to me about self-love and self-respect and I'd be like, yeah, 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 I got that. It's, yeah, that's not it. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was it. It, it turned out that's, that's exactly what it was. So the first thing, I, the program I have is a 12-week program. We dedicate the first month to healing and I use guided visualization and I, they had to get a video, a coaching video for me each week and they have exercises and a workbook that we work out of. And it's about identifying how the past might be influencing their current experience. So have they developed some toxic patterns in relationship that maybe they aren't aware of or they are aware of, but they keep attracting more of the same? Are there past relationships that they maybe haven't actually let go of yet? Have they started to invest in a belief system that's negative or limiting, you know, all the good ones are taken, I'm too old, I'm too fat, like all of that stuff that comes up. And so taking the first month to really process the negative stuff and then taking a look at, and this is the hardest part usually for people, taking a look at what their part in that is. Just, you know, how is it that this is what they're manifesting in their life? How are they showing up to to attract these kinds of experience? And that's not to blame or shame anyone. That's just to kind of show how powerful we are and that when we decide to make changes, we can change our experience. So a piece of that is acknowledging what our part is in those past experiences. And then the next section, the next four weeks is a lot more fun than that. We mm-hmm. really focus on what is it that I want to create in my life? And that seems like such a simple question, but I know, and I always thought, yeah, I know what I'm looking for. But when I really thought, sat down and thought about who the ideal partner would be for me, what kind of traits would they have? What kind of relationship would we be in? How would we interact with one another? I realized I didn't really know. I had kind of, my teenage self had latched on to, oh, I'm looking for a guy that's cute and funny. And, you know, that wasn't really appropriate for my late 30s self. It was a much more complex issue at that point. Just cute and funny was not going to cut it. And so I needed to define, you know, what that was for me, what that relationship would look like. So that's what we do in the next part of the program is kind of creating a vision of what the client is looking for and and becoming clear on what that is for them. And then the last part is group support with all the women that are in my program. And then we check in once a week and just really support each other through the process. I mean, dating is hard. There's rejection and disappointment. And, you know, sometimes you start to doubt yourself or you doubt that person exists. And so kind of each holding each other up through that process as they're moving forward, as well as giving them practical feedback about things that they're experiencing and maybe what they could do to change those experiences or even just looking at their online dating profiles for them and and giving them feedback on if they're not attracting the right person, how they tweak those a little bit. That's awesome. That sounds really amazing. I love that. It is. It's a lot of fun. I absolutely love doing it. And I've seen women get some really awesome results that have just made me feel amazing. Yeah. 
That's uh, that. that's really cool. I will definitely be recommending this to all the ladies. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that's all done yeah. online. It includes individual coaching with me, but it's done via Zoom. The group mm-hmm. call is done via Zoom as well. So you can be anywhere in the world. As long as you can log in at the time that we're there, you can participate. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So those are the options. The, there's that online training and then the, the in-person with you in Seattle. Yes. And I am right now looking to expand my online programs, but the dating is the first one that we have launched. The mm-hmm. next one I'm going to be launching is going to be specifically focused on building self-esteem and self-confidence and creating that loving, respectful relationship with yourself. And that's due out at the end of next year, and that'll be available to men and women. But right now we're focusing on the dating. And what is the dating one called? Richer Love. So my last name is Richer. And Richer I, Love. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> That sounds awesome. Well, great. And what else? Like, is there anything else you want to share with us? Anything else that's going on that you're excited about? (laughs) You know, I am really excited about the dating program. That has been what I've been talking about a lot this year. My own journey with dating was painful. And when I did finally connect with the right person, which is how I developed this program, kind of the process that I went through is how I found my person. It took me five years, but I'm hoping it takes my clients much less time. I at least teach them those steps in 12 weeks so they don't have to deal with that as long as I did. You know, having positive, healthy relationships in your life, not only just for yourself and your happiness, but it has such a positive impact on every aspect of your life. I mean, I can even see my career has flourished since I've been in a positive, healthy relationship. So it is something that I'm really passionate about. I love to talk to people about relationship issues and helping them get out of toxic patterns in relationships so they can just choose what they really want in their life. Yeah. So before I let you go, I just have this question for you. So you really feel like once you align and you're, you know, take care, look at some stuff and practice this awareness and get clear with what you want and your boundaries, that this is, it's okay. Like it's not that it's going to be fine. And people are going to, if they want to be in a loving relationship, it's, it's out there and it's very doable and there's nothing to worry about. (laughs) I really believe that. And I know sometimes when I say that, and if you would have said that to me 10 years ago, I probably Uh would have rolled my eyes at you. But I do think that when I'm working with clients, I can see very clearly and my own experience was the same way that we do have blocks that keep us from connecting with that person, finding that soulmate connection. And that once we clear those blocks, whatever they are, I mean, and sometimes clearing those blocks can be a lot of work. So I'm not saying that it's easy work, but that it is a possibility. I don't believe that everybody wants to be in a relationship. I've seen a lot of examples of people who they're very happy having a more individual lifestyle and that's perfectly fine. However, you do you is great. But if you truly desire a connected partnership or however you define a fulfilling relationship, I do believe that's available to you. I don't believe people would want that if it wasn't an option for them. Yeah. And what about developing healthy online dating? Do you give some tips and techniques for because, you know, online dating can also be very good. I think it can connect people that perhaps maybe wouldn't have met. But hopefully there will be some good ways to go through that as well. So what I found for myself, and I found online dating to be kind of a disappointing 
experience in the beginning because I was using it in the raw. I was looking for it to kind of where I could find this person that was going to be my emotional band-aid so I didn't have to deal with the feelings I had about my divorce and I could just move on with my life. So of course, when I met people or things didn't work out, it was it was disappointing and, and disheartening. And it was easy to go, oh, well, it's because online is no good. But I mean, in hindsight, that wasn't the truth. The truth was I was just not in the right place. And so when I was in the right place. I was still doing online dating. I mean, I have a very busy practice. I don't really hang out anywhere. I wouldn't, it's not that Seattle doesn't have a really like great single scene where you would connect with a lot of singles. So, you know, it wasn't really very likely that I would meet somebody in the outside world. I was totally open to that as a possibility, but just for my lifestyle and what I do, that wasn't going to necessarily be the way I was going to connect with someone. So online dating, I mean, you're connecting with other single people who are looking to date. That right there takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. Mm -hmm. But what it was, it wasn't the online dating that was the problem. It was me. It was once I was in a better place. You know, do you come across people who say, rude or offensive things? Absolutely. Does it, can it be discouraging to see an example of so many people that are not what you're looking for? Yes, that all of that stuff is true. But when you're in the right space, you start to just tune into what it is that you're trying to attract into your life. And the other stuff, it just, it isn't painful. It just doesn't matter. It's just something you're sifting through. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. But when you're in a, a wounded place, seeing just another guy who didn't swipe right to you, or somebody that ghosted you feels desperately painful. Mm. Just more proof that this is uh, the system is no good. But <laughs> I think when you're when you're in the right place, that stuff stops mattering. Yeah, exactly. And then you know when you know what feels right for you, whatever right is for you, you will guide that uh, connection the way that you want. I mean, you could just talk to a person, become friends with them for a month or two, you know, you could do whatever it is that you want to do. But you have the power to also sort of create that dance between you and the other individual and to, you know, not because sometimes I hear some of my girlfriends say, oh, everything moves so fast. And he wanted to meet and then he was just already like wanting this or sex or that. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, you can control that and you can create your reality, basically, you know. And that goes back to something that you've mentioned a couple times is having boundaries. And sometimes people don't know what their boundaries are, especially in dating if they've been out of the dating world for a long time. Mm -hmm. But when you really know what your boundaries are and you respect your boundaries, if somebody wants to push you forward faster than you want to go, you tell them no. And then if they fall away, they just weren't for you and that's okay. You know, romance is, for a lot of us, romance is really important. We're really looking for that that partner to share our lives mm-hmm. with. And so it's easy to kind of renegotiate our standards and boundaries because we don't want to like miss the one just in case. And I just don't think that that's how it works. I think that if you really show up as the most authentic version of yourself and you you honor your own boundaries and standards, that's a big one. Like, I have so many people say to me, well, maybe I just want too much. No, you have the standards you have. Try to align with the people that meet those standards yeah. and you're going to connect with the right people. Well, that's a big one. So, and that's awesome. And and for for that to happen, you first need to know who you are yeah. and how you are and clear yourself. And that's why this program that you have developed sounds really fascinating to me because there's this whole process before you get to that, you know, and that process hopefully will 
uncover a lot of the things that it's just you trying to figure out you too because if we're giving mixed messages to the universe the universe will give mixed messages to us you know that is exactly (laughs) right and actually in my dating program I ask them for the first eight weeks not to date at all to just focus on themselves in this eight-week process which some people are like what eight weeks I can't (laughs) go that long (laughs) but it does give you the time and space to really just focus on yourself because like you said you can't attract to you what you want if you don't even understand what that is or what you're looking for or what's blocking you from getting it. And that's that's kind of almost like a really big part of it. And then once you get through that, everything is so much more clear. And if somebody didn't work out for whatever reason, it will be like you said, well, you know, then this one wasn't for me. Yeah. And, And that's okay. And that's okay. You know, there's people, sometimes they're just wonderful people, but they're just not for you. And, and I like and we are not for everybody also. <laughs> exactly. And so sometimes that can even I try to reframe that with clients because they're really afraid of rejection and rejection yeah. never feels good. But I always reframe that like one of your standards when you're in relationship with somebody is that they want to be in relationship with you. So if that person you came across didn't want to be in relationship with you, they don't meet your standards. Move on. Yeah, I love that. Well, so cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. I mean, I am like going to include on show notes, your online training program and everything, your website. And so how can people get a hold of you if they're listening now and they just want to write it down? Where's the best way? So they can contact me at my website, which is richerlove.com. I do offer a complimentary hour consultation. So if you want to book a call with me and just talk through what's going on in your dating life and ask me questions about how I can help you, we can definitely do that. And if anything, you'll leave the call with some good resources of where to go next, or you might become part of the program. Yeah. Okay, great. So any Instagram to follow? Yes, I am Richer Love on Instagram, on Facebook. I didn't get Richer Love in time, so I'm dating Coach Laura Richer. But you can find all of my social media at my website, richerlove.com, which is also connected to my main website, Richer Healing, that talks about all the other services that I offer as well. So just go to richerlove.com. It's all there. Well, all you single ladies out there, I definitely recommend this. This sounds like an awesome program. And I wish that when I was single that I had done this as well. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's been amazing to talk to you. This is a very interesting conversation. Everything that we talked about is very interesting to me. And I really appreciate you sharing your energy and time with Life on Earth podcast. Thanks so much, Natalie. It was a pleasure to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Life on Earth. You can help us by taking a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. For more inspiring content, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Search Life on Earth in iTunes or visit lifeonearth.podbean.com.